Church, good morning. It is always good to be in the house of the Lord, and for those watching at home, good morning to you as well. You picked a great day to be with us this morning. We're going to jump in to a brand new sermon series. You can see the title of it this morning. It's called Root It, and we're going to look at being planted this morning. But you can see the title of your, of your sermon this morning. I want to make sure that you get this and that you go use this with me this morning. I don't want you to miss out on what God is going to do, I believe, with this sermon this morning. This is something that's been impressed on my heart for a while. I've been planning this sermon series for a little bit over a month, and I know God has really spoken to me through it already. And so I prayed this morning that he speaks to you. And so men, women, all you alike, I know a lot of times we like to look at our spouses, uh, but I want you to get your bulletin. And I want you to really focus and fill this out for yourself this morning because toward the end of the sermon, I'm going to have you do something, and this is only going to be for you. I don't want your spouse to answer it for you. I want you to answer it for you. And so follow along with me this morning. I want you to get your Bible, open it up to the gospel. Matthew chapter 13. Austin and the kids are talking about the same thing this morning in Children's Church. So the gospel of Matthew chapter 13 going to look at verses 1 through 9, and we're going to look at verses 18 through 23 as we talk about what does your heart say about you? That's not a question that we often ask ourselves. We really don't focus on what our heart does in our body until our heart starts giving us what? Trouble or trauma. So what I have in, in my hand this morning, and I know a lot of you all probably can't see it from back there, but what I have in my hand this morning is a grass seed. Now, to be more exact, it's tall fescue is what it is. Now, many times people may not realize this, but did you know that early fall, right now, is the very best time to plant grass seed in the state of Kentucky? How many of you all knew that? Raise your hand if, if you all knew that you are lawn connoisseurs. Amen? Bless your heart. You're, you're just like me. So here's why this is the best time of year to do this. The soil temperatures are still warm, but it's necessary for optimum and seed germination with the cooler air temperature. And it's better for grass growth. Well, there's another reason this time of the year is the best time. Grass seeds now are not competing with the what? The weeds near as much as they are in early spring and summer. Now, how many times have you seen, or maybe you have done this, and I want you to be honest, it's okay to laugh at ourselves, amen? But how many times have you witnessed someone buy this great big old bag of grass seed? They open it up, they take it in their hands, and they just go out in the yard and they start what? They just start throwing it everywhere. It's kind of like lifting up the hood on your car, knowing it needs oil. You pop the top and you just start spreading the oil all over the engine. Amen? It really does not accomplish a lot. I mean, we've all seen this. We've all probably done this. But let me ask you, what happens when the seed is just thrown on top of the soil that hasn't been prepared to receive the seed? Oh, I hear some answers already stirring this morning. Hearts are moving. See, there's a process to sowing seed in the soil. What do we got to do? Well, the soil needs to be raked to loosen it up. Then you throw the seed on top of that broken soil. Then you throw a little starter fertilizer to jump that new seed growth. Then depending on how big of an area you're actually planting, you may put straw down to help keep the moist in to protect the what? To protect that grass seed. Now, 
How many of you all know or how many of you all realize that Jesus Christ uh, was also in the business of planting seeds? I want you to think about this. But Jesus, his method was a little bit different than ours. See, when Jesus sowed the seed, Jesus didn't have to wonder if the seed would attach itself to the soil. Now think about this. Why is that, Pastor? Because the soil that we're going to talk about this morning is truly a reference to one's what? To one's heart. And Jesus can see into someone's what? Into someone's heart. And in our scripture this morning from Matthew 13, Jesus he, he discusses four different types of hearts to a large crowd, and then alone to his disciples. And some may think, well, why would Jesus tell a parable to such a huge crowd using farming references? Well, Jesus knows how to meet people exactly where they what? Exactly where they are. And he knew that many in that crowd, if not all in that crowd, had experiencing planting seed in the soil. And what we're going to notice this morning is this. The farmer stays the same. The seed stays the same, but the condition of the heart as it receives the seed makes all the what? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word this morning. Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for everything, Father God, that you do for us each and every day. And Father, we thank you that we've already been able to sing praises unto you this morning. Father, we pray for our children that are with Austin this morning as he is teaching them. Lord, I pray you open up their hearts to the gospel. And Father, I pray this morning you would open all of our hearts up to the gospel. Make us like children, God, that we would just crave your word. And we would crave being able to not just know you, Father God, but to have a loving relationship with you. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that we are planted in our faith. Father, I pray that we are growing, that we are discipling, that we are evangelistic, that we are looking for opportunities to tell others about Jesus Christ. But Lord, our hearts have to be prepared for that as well. And so God, I pray this morning, if there are hardened hearts here, Lord, if there are hearts here, Father, that need to experience love all over again. Lord, if there are hearts here this morning that have never experienced your love, Lord, work on us today. Don't let these words go through one ear and out the other this morning, God. Lord, we ask that you would just move the Holy Spirit in a great way this morning. And Father, we would feel your presence. And Lord, we would leave here in such a manner that we are growing spiritually with you and with each other. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. And I, normally I read the, the ref or the Bible first and then we pray, but we're doing a little bit something different. So look at your scripture, Matthew 13, 1 through 9. We're going to jump down then to 18 through 23. So here's what the Bible says. So that day Jesus went out of the house and he was sitting by the what? He, he's sitting by the sea. And large crowds had gathered around him, so he got in a boat and he sat down, and the whole crowd was standing on the beach. And then he spoke to them in this parable, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell beside the road, and the birds came, and y'all said they do what? They ate them up. Others fell on rocky places where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, the Bible says they were scorched, and because they had no root, what happened to them? They withered away. 
Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. And others fell on good soil, yielded a crop, some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Then jump down to verses 18 through 23. And this is where Jesus starts explaining this parable to the inner group here. You with me? Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one on whom the seed was sown beside the road. And then verse 20. The one on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word, immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no firm root in himself. But it's only temporary, and when affliction or persecution arises in the world, immediately he falls what? Away. Then verse 22 and 23, And the one on whom the seed was thrown among the thorns, this is the man. He hears the word, and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, and it becomes what? Unfruitful. And the one on whom the seed was sown on the good soil, well, this is the man who hears the word, understands it, who indeed bears fruit, brings forth some hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. So here's Jesus, and he is teaching out of a boat on the shore of Galilee to this massive crowd, and he tells this popular parable of the sower. Now, we've all heard this parable more than likely if you've been in church very long, but in the second part of this parable, Jesus is alone with the twelve disciples, and they study here at the church. We've been walking our way through Genesis, maybe crawling, amen, but we are getting through it each week. And so sometimes people come to me after we are doing our lesson and they'll say, Brother Donnie, what do you think about this? Or Brother Donnie, can you help explain this a little bit more thoroughly? So here's the disciples. They're quite confused themselves. So Jesus begins to explain this parable. In verse 19, there's a few things we need to understand before we examine the four different kinds of soils or the heart. So who is the farmer? Well, he's the one that works the what? He works the land. How many farmers do we have in here this morning? Or ex-farmers, current farmers? Raise your hand this morning. Anybody farm in here? There's a few of you, right? So most of you all in here, you know what farm work is. You know what the farmer is. He or she is the one that puts in that necessary time. They are the ones that make the effort to go out and to sow the seed. And then Jesus speaks of the Word. Now, what is the Word? Well, the Word is the seed. And according to Luke 8, verse 11, it says this, The seed is the Word of, it's the word of God. So here's Jesus, and he's painting a picture of words because in the ancient days of Jesus, people could picture, they could relate to farm work much like people in the state of Kentucky. In general, the farmer was Jesus, or a follower of Jesus, whose intent was to spread the seed or the word of, the word of God. And let me remind the church very quickly. Farmers may present the seed or the word of God in different ways, but it's the same seed. It's the same word. It's the same gospel of Jesus Christ. So what's the difference then, Brother Donnie? The difference is this. It all depends on how it is what? 
received. That's the biggest difference when it comes to preaching the gospel. Is depending on how that word goes out and how that word is received. And in verses 19 through 23, Jesus explains four different kinds of soils, or hearts per se, on which the good news falls. And let's not forget, Jesus makes it crystal clear that the problem in the parable, it doesn't occur with the seed. But the problems arise depending on what kind of heart the seed falls onto. So let's look at the four different types of hearts described in this parable of the sower. And Jesus begins with this one, the number one, and your sermon outline is this. A hardened heart is often difficult to what? To penetrate. A hardened heart is oftentimes very difficult to penetrate. Now, farmers of ancient years didn't sow with the highly complex machinery that we have today. Oh, no, no, no. They sowed their fields by what? By hand. So when the sower threw seed toward the edge of the field, some of the seed would naturally land on the hard path of the field where the seed could not penetrate the what? The soil. So what happened? Well, the Bible says the birds came and did what? They ate up the seed. And notice, there wasn't anything wrong with the seed, but it was the type of soil that it what? That it landed on. So how did Jesus describe these types of soils or hearts? And again, this is in your outline, your asterisk. They heard the word, but it did not penetrate their what? It didn't penetrate their heart. Now, listen, this is no science that we're just starting to understand here in 2021. Many people have heard the gospel, and yet many people never let the gospel penetrate their heart, and it rolls off just like seed rolls off of hard what? Of soil. Now, I cannot tell you what makes a person's hard heart toward the gospel. We talked a little bit about this this morning in Sunday school. Sometimes it's how we are, are taught when we're young. Sometimes we look at the church and we think, well, you know, I saw bad things come from the church, and so now my heart is hardened from that. Some of you all, I guarantee if you're being honest, you may have been raised in homes where mom and dad said, look, you don't need that church stuff. Amen? Or maybe there was something, somebody in the church that you trusted hurt you. And so your heart became what? Your heart became hardened. So now every time that you hear the gospel, you, you know it's the gospel of Jesus. You know it's the good news of Jesus. You know it's got power to save. Amen? But for some reason, the heart has become what? The heart is hard and it just rolls what? It rolls right off. It doesn't matter who you're listening to. It could be Billy Graham. It could, it could be Andy Stanley. It could be Pastor Donnie Davis. It doesn't matter how it's presented because your heart is what? It's hard. And you think to yourself, well, I'm a Christian. Well, I'm going to tell you, I've seen a lot of hard hearts in Christians. Amen? I see it every week, every month. Hard-hearted Christians. And then we want to take the gospel out into the world, and they see our hard-heartedness, and we want to wonder, why in the world do they not come to church? Because they see your what? They see your hard heart. 
Jesus also says this, the second asterisk, Satan did what? He stole the word away before it could sink what? Before it could sink in. Now whatever, or whether we want to admit it or not, church, I'm going to tell you this real quickly. We are in a holy war, amen? This is where we are. There's an army of darkness. It's Satan and his army. There's an army of light. This is Jesus and his followers. And in the days of Jesus, when he would go out spreading the word, many of the religionists of Jesus' day, they wanted him what? Dead. They wanted him dead, and they wanted the gospel to be shunned. They wanted it stopped at all cost. Why? Because God did not control their hearts, but Satan did. Amen? This was the issue that was going on during the days of Jesus. Let me ask you, is it much different today? Is it really much different today? And guess what? Satan is still trying to shut up the gospel, and he's still hardening people's heart to the gospel. This soil, this group of hearts, it's not that they're unable to understand the gospel. They're just unwilling at this point in their what? In their lives. I don't need this. This isn't for me. My life is absolutely fine. Things are going great. I've got everything that I want. I've got everything that I desire. I've got good health. I've got good money. I've got a good retirement. I've got good hobbies. I've got a good spouse. I've got great children. I don't need the gospel of Jesus Christ. But listen to this. When something happens and it's out of their control of fixing it, Guess where they run? To the church. They call the preacher. They call the priest. Because now all of their joy and all of their hope is out of their what? I can't fix your cancer now. I can't fix your heart attack. I can't fix that your spouse left you without any notice. I can't fix your, 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 your finances. Oh, preacher, but now I, I, I need God. I, I need faith. I, I need some hope. I need this. And listen, I'm going to tell you right now, if that's what brings you to Jesus, then come on. Amen? Because he's going to give you rest. Amen? He's going to give you comfort. And when we can't understand the need, when we can't understand the situations, when we continually battle with what is truth and what isn't, guess what happens? Satan comes and he steals away the seed because it bounces right off the hardened heart. That's what happens. And then Jesus describes the second heart as follows. Number two, a troubled heart produces shallow what? Shallow roots. The second soil heart refers to in verses 20 through 21. And I want you to notice how Jesus described these types of hearts. Your first asterisk is this. They heard the word and they received it with what? With joy. They heard the word. And the Bible says, Jesus said, they received it with joy or with gladness. So this looked like good soil, right? This is what we want. The heart received the word with joy. Evidently, there was some growth. I mean, what else could we ask for, right, preacher? 
This is exactly what we want. Plus, Jesus, the Bible tells us, listen, in the book of Hebrews, if you hear the word of God today, do not harden your what? Your heart. If you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. But something is not quite right, is it? Something's just not right. The second asterisk, Jesus said, when troubles come because of the word, they quickly what? They fall away. Now, wait a minute, Brother Donnie. They, they were growing. Y'all follow me, right? They received the word of God joyfully. They received the word of God with gladness. There was some type of, of root structure that was beginning to take place, but then Jesus throws the curveball. Amen? And he adds something to the text. So the problem with this type of heart is they receive the gospel quickly, but they don't get rooted. They don't get rooted in, and their growth lasts for just a short time, especially when trouble comes a what? A knocking. When your roots are shallow, it doesn't take much to ruin the seed, does it? I want you to think about this. This type of heart, it's impulsive. They like the look and the idea of salvation, but they don't like the price. Stay with me here. Jesus says they believe for a little while, but then they fall away when the trouble or the persecution enters their life. It's an appearance of salvation that's tossed away when issues what? When issues come. The late German Protestant theologian Helmut I feel like once said, there's nothing more cheering than a transformed Christian people, and there's nothing more disintegrating than a people who've been merely brushed by Christianity. People who have been sown with a thousand seeds, but in whose lives there is no depth and there is no rootage. Therefore, they fall away when the first whirlwind comes uh, along. Church, hear me this morning. Trouble and persecution are going to happen in your life, whether if you are a Christian or whether if you are a non-believer. There are going to be storms that rise up in your life. Not everything is going to be peachy, but the Bible says that you are a creation and that God has given you a spirit to empower you through those tough times. Amen. That's what Jesus says. So you've got two options in this life. You can go through the hard times and the persecution with you, you and alone, or you can go through them with who? With Jesus. I'd rather go through them with Jesus. Amen. I may not be able to understand it. I may not be able to explain it, but I'm going to tell you, God has sent hard times and persecution in my life before to break me and to build me back up. I don't know that God will do that with you. Maybe that's not what you need. Maybe that's exactly what you want. Maybe that's exactly what you need. How many people do we know? I want you to think about this. Jesus knew. And I've also witnessed this. Many people will walk away from God in the church when their affiliation with Jesus deems them as uncool. Huh? Stay with me. Or as an outcast. Or when they feel 
pressured to conform to the world's values in comparison to the values of Jesus. How many people do we know that feels this way? Good people who want to believe in Jesus, but they know that the gospel teaches values that stands in opposite comparison to the, to the world. I have had people come to me and have told me as a pastor, Brother Donnie, my friend would love to come to church, but they know that the Bible stands in opposition of some of their values, of some of their morals, of some of their beliefs. Listen to me, church, and everybody that's listening at home, that's exactly where Satan wants to keep you. That's exactly where Satan wants to keep you. Whenever there is a contrast in the Word of God and the worldly values of this earth, you stick with the Word of God. This Bible is always true. This Bible is always right. And the Bible says that God only wants what's good for who? What's good for you? There are going to be times when the world says, well, Brother Donnie, the world says this is okay. Well, guess what? The world doesn't get to define sin. Amen? There's going to be times when the world says, well, you need to change. You need to embrace. And then the Bible says, but the gospel, the word of God, it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But this is what happens See, church, there's no denying that putting one's faith in Christ can be a, an emotional response, but true faith puts down roots so when the storms come, you can get through those storms with God. And you can get through those storms with each what? With each other. And then the third heart is described as this. Number three, a distracted heart bears no what? A distracted heart bears no fruit. Now, I want you to notice how Jesus describes these hearts. Your first asterisk, Jesus said, the worry of the world chokes the word, and it makes it what? It makes it unfruitful. So Jesus is talking about the cares. Jesus is talking about the distractions that draw us in many different directions. Basically, these are the competing gods of this life. And I want you to think about all the things in this life, if we're not careful, will become more of a concern or an idol than our relationship with Jesus Christ. Are you ready? I'm going to give you a few. Sports. Can't come to church today. NFL comes on at 1 o'clock. Good luck. Sports is one of the top ones that I see people dealing with. Hobbies. Brother Donnie can't come to church this morning. I got to tee off at 9 a.m. You realize there's tea times at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock etc., etc. Our careers, our entertainment, our technology, and our money. 
which leads to the second thorn. Jesus said the deceitfulness of what? Wealth. Choked the word, making it what? Unfruitful. Charles Spurgeon once said these words, A golden coffin will be a poor compensation for a damned soul. And the place goes quiet. You know, when you've been in ministry for 13 years, I have seen a lot of people try to take a lot of stuff with them. I've seen coffins filled with money, jewelry, family heirlooms. And I've seen a lot of coffins filled with souls damned for hell. But in their mind, they thought, well, I'll take this with me when I want. When I die. Money isn't evil. But the Bible says it's the love of money that's the root of all kinds of evil. Many people in this life, they struggle between running after God or running after wealth. This is our struggle. And money can do a lot of things, amen? Money can buy you those hobbies. Money can buy those boats. Money can buy those cars and trucks and homes and all the goods and all these different things that we want. But I'm going to tell you, money can't forgive you. Money can't forgive you. Money cannot purchase you eternal life. It didn't die on a cross for you. And I'll guarantee you this, you'll never see it walk out of the tomb three days later. Money can't do that for you. But many of us, we spend every waking day of our life searching for it, wanting more of it. And unfortunately, many hearts fall into this category. Did you know this, church? Listen to this. Did you know many people today are considered a committed Christian if they just come to two services a month? Did y'all know that? So in today's society, if you come to two services a month, you are considered a committed Christian. And this is because we are continually, no matter what time of the year it is, putting other things before God, which is hindering our discipleship and it's hindering your fruit production. That's where we're at. And can I tell you what it's called? It's called casual Christianity. Brother Donnie, I'll come whenever I want to. I'll do whatever I want to do. I'll be there whenever I have the, the, the time to come. And everything that we do is, is just based off, well, if I've got some time left, I'll be there. Because I've got all these other things to do in my life. I've got all these other worries. I've got all these other concerns. I've got all these other attractions and entertainment. And I've got all these other things. That, and you know, here's the thing. Are y'all ready? Can I tell you something real quickly? All those other things that we're running after in this world are all going to disappear. 
They're all going to rust. They're all going to decay. And you can't take any of it what? And you can't take any of it with you. And listen to me. Your life here on this earth is very, very what? It's very, very short. What kind of impact are you making for God? What kind of impact are you making for Jesus Christ? And the very last one that we're going to look at this morning is this. A fertile heart sustains life and impacts the growth of others. I want you all to read this with me. A fertile heart sustains life and impacts the growth of who? Of other people. This is the last soil that Jesus refers to in verse 23. Now, how did Jesus describe these soils? Well, they heard the word, but something different happened in their life. The first asterisk, Jesus said, they accepted the word. This means they approved of it. They accepted Jesus Christ as God's Son, as the Savior of the world that brings forgiveness and grace and hope and joy and love. And they not only believed in Jesus, but the gospel took root because they wanted Jesus to be their lives and not just for a moment, not just for a month or for a year, but for eternity. That's what they wanted. And then the second asterisk is this. Jesus said they were also fruitful. They were fruitful. Matthew 7, 16, the Bible says, By their fruit you will, let's see if anybody knows it, you will recognize them. Guess who them is? Christianity. By their fruit, the Bible says, you will recognize them. There's going to be love. There's going to be kindness. There's going to be peace. There's going to be joy. There's going to be goodness. There's going to be gentleness. There's going to be self-control. And let's not forget, this type of soil, the Bible says, Jesus said, it's going to reproduce disciples. This is what we want. This is the type of receiver that wants others to receive what they received. They're evangelistic. You know, a lot of times, Christians will tell you, well, I want others to have what I have. I want others to feel that love and that joy and that hope and that peace that I have in Jesus Christ as my Lord and as my Savior. But let me ask you this. What are you doing to share that with them? What are you doing to help them understand what you have in Jesus Christ? Did you know that a healthy heart is where seeds have the most opportunity to grow in the life of a giving plant trees? Listen to this. For instance, a single healthy apple tree can bear enough fruit to feed dozens of people. Its shade gives rest to those who pass by on hot days. Its flowers nourish thousands of pollinators every spring, and its seeds spread and multiply into immeasurable amount of other apple trees over the course of its lifetime. From the seed of an apple tree. Now I'm going to get real, real personal with each and every single one of us this morning. Are you ready? If Jesus ran a test on your heart this morning, what would he find? Now what would he find? Your spouse can't answer this. You can't answer for them. This is an answer that you need to be honest with God. You need to be honest with yourself. 
Would he find a heart that's hard, that has no disregard for the gospel? Would he find a heart that tends to fall away? Troubles arise when he find a heart that's more concerned about worldly priorities than kingdom priorities, or would he find a heart that's loving, that's persevering, that's producing for the Lord? So I want you to look at your bulletin this morning because it is in here. I want you to look at your bulletin. Every single one of you. Some of you all have been trying to deny this the whole time I've been preaching this morning. Because you don't want to be honest with yourself. Church has just become the norm. It's just become something that you do. I want you to look at this right now. And I want you to put the number of the heart that you believe that you are right now at this very moment. And I want to challenge you. You ready? If you're heart number one, you have a hard heart, then you need to let God's word sink in, brother and sister. Amen? You need to realize what is at stake. And let me ask you this. What is at stake? Your eternity. Your salvation. You need to realize what's at stake. If you're heart number two, well, that's a shallow heart. What's it mean? It means you need to get rooted in. You need to have some sustainability. You need to mature in your faith. You've got to get rooted into something. If you don't come to Sunday school, let me tell you, you're missing a blessing. Amen? If you're not coming to Bible study on Wednesday night, I promise you, you are missing a blessing. And I know a lot of us, we live with this persona. Well, Brother Donnie, you're not going to tell me what I have to do. And you're right. But I want you to ask God right now. Brother, I want you to ask Him right now. You ready, church? Ask Him. God, would you have me to come to Sunday school? God, would you have me to come to Wednesday night Bible study and to sit down and break bread with my brothers and my sisters in Christ Jesus and learn your word? God, would you have me do this? Or are you just going to live it like this? Well, I'm going to do it however I want. And if God, if you want to come along, that's great. And if not... I'm going to be like Burger King, and I'm going to have it my what? I'm going to have it my way. Casual Christianity. If you're soul number three, you're a distracted heart, Jesus says. You need to be less me-focused, and you need to be more what? Jesus-focused. Matthew 6, the Bible says what? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto who? Quit seeking your kingdom. Amen? That's the problem. That's the biggest problem with many of us is we want to build our own heaven right here on this earth. Life is not all about who? Life's not all about you. And if you're soul number four, you're a fruitful heart, and praise God. Amen? You're the one that when you walk in, the preacher smells your fruity smell all through the church. Amen? 
That means you are growing. That means you are smiling. That means you are loving and you've got joy. You're praising God. You're helping produce disciples of Jesus Christ. You're coming and saying, Brother Donnie, where can I get involved? Where can I get rooted? What can I do? These are, this is where we want to be. Amen? But many of us get lost in casual Christianity. Where is your heart this morning, church? What is your heart saying about you? Some of you this morning, you love the idea of dressing up and coming to church. But you are not being the church. Some of you this morning, it's going to make you feel better because you came and you said and you endured a preacher yelling at you for 30 minutes. That made you feel better, but something... Something inside, if you were really listening, started to click. Amen? Something inside was speaking to you. Something inside, when this invitation gets ready to happen here in just a few minutes, and you're going to find yourself grasping to the pew because you know the Holy Spirit is talking to you. You know you're not where you need to be in your life with Jesus Christ. For some of you, you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. For some of you, you have just been floating along in your Christianity. You're not growing. You're not maturing. You're not getting connected. You're not getting rooted in. It's just become something in your life, and you're tired of living that way you want to be more rooted in come join the church i put you to work amen put you in a small group get you in bible study get you working with kids working with youth working with adults is jesus is the gospel of christ really planted in your life Maybe this morning you need to come and commit your life to growing deeper roots. You're the one that's never professed Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. You know, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be what? Then you're going to be saved. Are you saved? Are you rooted in? Do you want to grow and see others around you grow as well? I challenge you as Brother Billy comes and as we sing and as we stand. What an opportunity this morning to come and recommit your life to Jesus. What an opportunity to come and say, Father, I, I know that I am not rooted in and my, my roots are so shallow. And God, every time something just little comes, I, I'm so agitated, I'm so aggravated. Father, I need to grow. Or maybe this morning you just want to come pray for your church family. You know your walk with God is, is good and you're growing and you're, you're maturing, but your spouse may be not in the same place as you. Your friends maybe not in the same place as you. And so you want to pray for their growth in Jesus Christ as well. And so church, whatever the need is this morning, as we stand and as we sing, this is your opportunity. This is your altar. I pray this morning that you will come and that you will pray.